chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back. Welcome in Country Roads Confidential here at earsports.com, part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Casazza here, marching toward the regular season here. Big 12 football 2022 on the way. We're going to get to know the opponents and begin today with a conversation about the Oklahoma Sooners. Nobody better here than Joey Helmer from OU Insider, the editor there, man who makes the wheel spin, the content pour forth on the screen. Joey, welcome and thank you for helping me out. How are things down in Oklahoma? Um, an unusual, productive, busy, newsy offseason down there. Yeah, no, it has been. Uh, obviously, the baseball team um, took us in all the way almost to uh, to July, and now we're in July, but yeah, a newsy offseason for the football program because uh, there's been quite a bit of change. It's the welcoming of the Brent Venables era and um, some new players, obviously a transfer quarterback and Dylan Gabriel along with that. And so a number of other guys, and there's plenty of excitement right now uh, around this Oklahoma program with all the newness going on. Outstanding. We're going to backfill here, start at the end, if that's okay. And I'm sure as we work toward the beginning, which would be the conclusion, um, we're going to touch on a lot of the themes that you just mentioned right there. But as I said, let's start at the finish, which is Oklahoma's 2022 season could go in, I don't know, I think a lot of people would agree different directions. Um, this might be the last time that West Virginia sees the Sooners in the Big 12. And as long as the Mountaineers have known them, Oklahoma's been the Big 12. Oklahoma's been Oklahoma. They haven't beaten the Sooners. You know, the Sooners haven't won every conference title, but it's it's been close. We talked about how a lot has changed, but you still got the idea that Oklahoma is still Oklahoma. It's going to be a favorite to win the league or represent the league in the college football playoff. You go from Stoops to Riley to Venable, so you still have that quote-unquote Oklahoma guy in there. Um, portal acquisitions, that indicates that people still believe you have a good staff there uh, if you're Venables. At the end of the season, though, is Oklahoma still Oklahoma? What do you expect the outcome to be for this team? Well, I think when you talk to people around the program, they certainly believe that uh, they're still, and again, a Big 12 championship contender. It seems like um, kind of the prevailing theme uh, with some of the other people, uh, be it media or whatever, um, is that they're going to be a step down off of that in Brent Venables' first season. And uh, I'm not so sure I see that. I think they're going to be favored in most every game, if not every game. And um, there, there's a ton of talent on this roster. Uh, there really is. You, you mentioned the incoming talent that uh, Venables is going to have to work with. And um, our, our Josh Pate here at 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports HQ um, said that if Oklahoma goes over the nine-win threshold, that Venables will be uh, a coach of the year candidate. And uh, to me, that kind of you know signifies how people think about this Oklahoma team, uh, that they will be that step uh, below what they've been but I'm not so sure that's the case I expect them to be in the Big 12 championship race and and, uh, potentially win the Big 12 championship uh, again this season after they uh, were unable to continue their streak last year 
I don't want to step on your toes here, but one thing, because I might answer the next question, but one thing that stands out about the team in the season is the schedule. Um, in succession here early on at Nebraska against Kansas State, which has full-blown sleeper status right now, uh, at TCU, who knows, and then obviously Texas. You get a bit of a reprieve in the middle, I think, against Kansas and the Iowa State, and then it's Baylor, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Those are two pretty good chunks there. Um, and if they're good enough, they're going to overcome that, which kind of leads me to this here. We we have some educated audience here, is here. People who follow your work, they know about Oklahoma. I think people who follow West Virginia on our site have a good idea about the the major topics here. Um, so let's go off the radar, kind of beneath the surface, lift the hood, if you will. Share with us something about Oklahoma that in this part of the off season that has your attention. It could be positive, it could be negative, but it's not an obvious thing. It's something that you have unearthed and you're going to follow, and it's going to have people's attention. And I don't know, late November, people are going to say, you know what? I know I heard about this in July because I heard Joey Homer on that podcast there. What is that person, that, that thing, that topic here about the Sooners that kind of a, it, it's under your, your, your list of things to keep an eye on right now. I think people around these parts, uh, they, they know about this, but uh, maybe when you go to the coast and a little bit farther away from Norman, um, they, they don't know about the, kind of the off the field stuff that Brent Venables has uh, been developing with this program. Um, it, it, it's really got a, a closeness um, right now that is different. And it seems almost cliche to talk about those kinds of things at times, but um, it seemed like this team was kind of fractured in, in terms of chemistry. And so uh, when you look uh, at, at this Oklahoma team, if we're in, you know, late October in early November, and they really have it rolling. I, I think just the things, some of the um, things that Brent Venables has uh, put together off the field will be a, a major factor in that. And I, I think at times that's overstated, but with this team, it, it can't be. It seems like they've like, got away from that a little bit. Um, but again, I, I feel like the, the team was a bit fractured last year, and uh, Venables realized uh, a lot of those things as soon as he took over. So um, it's not necessarily an on-the-field thing, but um, just the, the way he's managing his roster right now, the, the way they're, his team is getting out in the community and doing things, and um, those all will play dividends, I think, uh, as the season uh, goes on. And, you know, really from a macro perspective, uh, has, as his uh, tenure goes on here, that, that's to be a big part of what he his plan is um, you see you've seen these things come from Bill Snyder and his program at, at Kansas State and uh, also his time under uh, Bob Stoops and then Dabo Swinney and so um, he, he's brought a lot of these things to the table and I, I think if people take a closer look at Oklahoma's program they, they will see uh, the impact and benefit of those things. All right I'm going to interview on my toes here because my next question was answered I think and that was is everything okay with the Sooners it sounds like yes and, and maybe more so than there is cause for alarm there's cause for optimism that what had maybe gone off path is now back on the, the straight and narrow but let me ask you this um, when you consider that as we talked about Oklahoma's been Oklahoma it's had continuity from Stoops to Riley to now Venables it, it's won it's been in the playoff um, it's it's a premier brand in the sport and it still would have been in the SEC it's not often you see a move like Riley 
leaving one of the biggest names in the sport for another one of the biggest names in sports that maybe isn't as well situated um, as Oklahoma is. And then we've seen some additional turnover in the roster and the staff, and some of that was necessary and predictable. But um, I guess instead of saying, is everything okay? What what do you think happened? And, and how did we get to this this point where you kind of had to steer everything back on the road, which is maybe unusual when you, from afar, you look at it and say, boy, that program has been in the right lane um, going fast and passing everybody for quite some time. Yeah. You know, it's tough. I think it's tough to put a finger on it. Um, I, I just think when you look, uh, there, there was some kind of disconnect uh, at some point. And again, it's, it's hard to put a finger on exactly what it was, but um, I, I think it comes back to culture a little bit. I'm very curious to see um, how things go in that regard at USC um, for Lincoln Riley and his staff, um, because again, I come back to it. And uh, one of the fir- very first things that Brent Venables um, established with his program here was not the on the field things, you, you know, the, uh, the plays and uh, the personnel and uh, what, how they're going to operate on both sides of the ball, but rather how this team is going to be structured in terms of uh, discipline and those kinds of things. And um, I'm not so sure that the emphasis was as big as it is uh, under the previous regime as it is now under the current regime. So uh, perhaps that um, had some kind of uh, effect on the way things went, but um, but again, you, you have you say all that and you have to give Lincoln Riley credit for this, still the success that Oklahoma had. I mean, they, they went to the college football playoff. They, they won multiple uh, Big 12 championships. And uh, really, the only thing they didn't do is win a playoff game and win the national championship. So uh, it's not as if this has been a program. Uh, that has struggled by any means. This is a bit of a unique situation um, because typically when you have a coaching change at a place like Oklahoma, it, you know, this is two times in a row now where it hasn't been because it's been a struggling program that there's been a change. And so um, all of that is interesting, but yeah, I think there was a bit of a disconnect uh, from a cultural cultural standpoint, if I was to answer that, that uh, with my honest opinion of that. Yeah, I think if you overlay this transition with Bob Stoops' transition, <laughs> the what's wrong is very different now than it was right then, back then. So uh, a good place that perhaps soon gets better, which leads us back onto the field here as we shift toward the finish. Uh, we mentioned, um, you know, portal acquisition seemed like they've been good. Uh, talent, never really an issue with Oklahoma, even though I- I'm still stunned. Just one preseason all-conference player, and it's the punter here. Um, when I look at their offensive and defensive lines the past few years, it's amazing to me that there isn't somebody representing the offensive and defensive line. That could be just temporary by the end of the season. It could change. Um, I'll ask you, Joey, to omit quarterback because we'll get to him in a second. But who should we be aware of on this roster that we just don't know about now, but the talent, the potential, the opportunities there to flourish on offense, on defense, heck, on special teams? I, um, you know, I should say but what I was re- referring to on the cultural stuff was a sole mission. So um, for anyone that was wondering exactly what I was talking about, that's the, the program of Venables is installed. But um, in terms of guys to keep an eye on, uh, to me, I think Ethan Downs uh, at defensive end is someone that will really raise people's eyebrows. Uh, he's from Weatherford, Oklahoma, uh, a very, very uh, – explosive uh, defensive end, a guy 
that could be good in, in both run support and getting after the quarterback as well. And so uh, Ethan Dow's there, Jalen Redmond at, at defensive tackle um, is another guy to keep an eye on. And then um, we'll, we'll see on, on the offensive line. I, I think if Andrew Rehm is able to, to be healthy and stay healthy at center, uh, he could have a really good season, Anton Harrison at tackle. So uh, those are some of the guys. And then you get to the skill position, and um, it was really kind of alarming to me that Marvin Mims was not listed as a preseason All-Big 12 player at yeah. wide receiver. I, I think that um, Lincoln Riley and his staff may, may not have used him uh, right at times um, in getting him – in the most explosive type playmaking uh, situations as possible. So now I was surprised that uh, he was not a mention. And then, um, yeah, some of those other guys and uh, key Lawrence at safety could also have a really big year. So uh, the, the players are there. The talent is there. I, I don't think Oklahoma should look or uh, excuse me. I don't think people should uh, look and say it with Oklahoma, well, they only have a punter on the preseason team. This is not going to be a good Oklahoma team because I don't think that's going to be the case. Theo Weiss is healthy too. That has to help as well. That, yeah, that, that's another guy I didn't mention. Uh, Theo Weiss, um, who, who had a really good season but was uh, injured last year. Uh, I've out, actually mentioned him a, a number of times as a, a potential, potential breakout guy offensively. So, yeah, that, that's absolutely uh, good that you bring him up. Um, he, he he could have a really, really big year here. Finally, we're going to wrap up here with Joey Homer from OU Insider. We uh, we began at the finish. We're going to finish at the beginning. I hope that makes sense because it always starts with quarterback in the Big 12. Um, there are some situations that could be promising, could be disastrous, and some in the middle here. I think you probably trend toward um, successful when you look at who Oklahoma has, but I think we all felt the same way last year. Like they couldn't get it wrong, and maybe they never got it right all the way last year. But Gabriel, preseason newcomer of the year in the Big 12, he knows Jeff Levy. This is a guy who's who's got the talent and, and certainly the fit right now, probably with as, as good a cast around him uh, for his season here with the Sooners. But tell us about the situation this year because it's not just him. If things do go sideways, there are other guys, but I think the expectation is that this is Gabriel's job to 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 lose, I guess, or keep, and then just to go as far as he can this year. Yeah, definitely, and and that's the main point here at quarterback. I think Dylan Gabriel. Um, I've said this to a few people. Maybe I've written it, um, but I've certainly said it off camera that uh, I, I think Gabriel could very likely be in the Heisman Trophy race. I think he's that caliber of player. I think he's going to have that kind of skill ta- um, skill players around him to uh, to put up the stats if he's a good decision maker. And you mentioned the uh, familiarity with Jeff Levy's offense. That That's huge. As you learn a new offense and a number of these players that have been around in Lincoln's offense, well, there, there's no better person to know it than the quarterback that's coming in. So um, that is no small thing. And um, yes, it, it's absolutely his offense. And uh, Oklahoma offensively will, in large part, go how Dylan Gabriel goes. So um, I, I feel good about Oklahoma offensively. Um, that kind of one of the big storylines coming out of the spring was just the tempo uh, that they're running with. It, it's faster than uh, the guys were used to before. And um, I think just from afar for, for fans around college football, maybe that tune into an Oklahoma game, I think that'll be an entertaining aspect 
um, for for them watching Oklahoma offensively and also for Sooners fans as well. Yeah, there were times where no one was better playing fast in Oklahoma. Um, and if you watch UCF and Ole Miss the past couple of years, you could have the same conversation about them. So perhaps uh, past and present merge here too. Uh, and then just hearing your conversation here, the value of having a quarterback who knows the offensive coordinator. I think that West Virginia fans are nodding their heads and rubbing their hands together here because they have Graham Harrell, JT Daniels, and kind of hoping that that continuity pays off. Hey, one way to find out these two meet October, excuse me, November 12th in Morgantown. Last time, probably uh, in Morgantown, maybe at all in the big 12 last opportunity for the Mountaineers to win one against the Sooners. And you have been prepared. Thanks to Joey Homer from OU insider, Joey, Appreciate the time. Um, thanks for your insight. We look for you during the regular season. Hey, thanks for having me on. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.